Hi everyone. Um, before we get started on the episode today, I just wanted to take the time to remind everyone that today is May 1st and it is the start of Brain Cancer Awareness Month. May is that month and um, you know, it's just a reminder to all my listeners out there to go online and find an organization that you can get involved in that supports brain cancer and brain tumor awareness. Um, brain tumors in general are a pretty lowly funded and researched epidemic. It's just that, especially with kids, it happens so rarely that there's not a ton of research and um, progress on the type of treatment that is available. So. For the month of May, I will be posting a bunch of organizations online that on my Facebook page that you can get involved in, but if you want to go online and you find a family, a group, anybody that's been impacted by brain cancer or brain tumors that you want to talk to, get involved with, learn about, spread awareness about, do it. Go online and do it. A great place to find that information is www.google.com. Just literally look at Brain Cancer Awareness Month and you will find tons and tons of really cool stuff. Um, If you want, you can color your hair gray and spread brain cancer awareness that way because you go gray in May for gray matter, which is your brain. Um, Sorry, this is an annoying message in the beginning of the podcast, but now you can return to your regularly scheduled programming. I am recording this in Aiden's room while he's getting platelets, so that's the sound of the air purifier. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Cancer Mom. As always, it's Noor. Um, I'm recording from the Ronald McDonald house because we're back in the city for dun 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 Aiden's last round of chemo. Um, which is terrifying and amazing and just a lot of different feelings and the reason why we didn't have an episode last week. Um, but on uh Last Friday and Saturday, so April 20th and 21st, Aiden had what we hope, you know, for the most part is the last two days of chemo infusions he will ever get. Um, And we pray that we never have to see him hooked up to anything for chemo ever again. And, um, And then following that on Tuesday, April 24th, he got his final stem cell transplant. So he had his, um, what I like to say, his fourth birthday of the year. Um... And we, you know, we pray that it sticks and it brings him back to his baseline. But right now, you know, he's in the the hospital and he's chilling. He's doing his thing. He's staying busy. Um, He's in isolation, but, you know, it's going well. Um, These, this last, you know, we've been here for about 10 days. I mean, they've come and gone and it just seems so crazy because I didn't think that we would make it to today. I didn't think I could make it to today. You know, I didn't know that it would be possible. You know, I, I remind myself every single day that time doesn't stop for anyone. And I can so quickly close my eyes and go back to November 4th. I mean, it doesn't even take a second. Um, and you know, it's just crazy to me that we've already been here now for six months and, we're praying with everything that we have um, that this would be the end of, you know, active treatment. Um, but, you know, even as I was preparing for this episode, it was really tough because I didn't know if I was ready to talk about it. And I'm just so anxious and I get so, you know, I'm so 
superstitious and I'm so worried about jinxing this that all I'm going to say is please just send us all the good vibes that you have, please. (laughs) That's all I will say. When you're thrown into this world, you know, there are so many terrible things that come your way. And just like aside from your own anxiety and fears, you see your children's health deteriorating. You don't look like, you know, they don't look like themselves. You don't feel like yourself. Your relationships change. Your marriage is impacted. Your friendships are questioned. And you see so many stories of relapses and death that, you know, your confidence in the whole thing gets questioned. Your confidence in science and medicine and God and all these things. And most importantly, you're, you sometimes just question yourself. Your confidence in yourself fades. Um, you know, you're, there's so many days that I would wake up and I would tell myself, like, I can't do this, you know, or I couldn't continue on. I mean, even in the last 10 days, there were a couple of days where I just wanted to stay in bed or a couple of days when like I just couldn't sleep because I was just I had so much anxiety and I had just so much stress and sometimes that can be so difficult to get through but you just kind of keep going and you don't know how or why but you just keep going and something that I hear a lot from non-cancer parents or just like just non-cancer people so like nurses parents doctors well not doctors my doctors don't say this but you know just like even strangers in the elevators a lot of times they'll say i don't know how you do it you know like i we have like team maiden shirts and it says you know pediatric cancer warrior and so there are strangers that sometimes come up to me in the elevator and they kind of give me you know that fucking look that i hate but they always say i don't know how you do it and mostly it's annoying but other times it does stump me because on days when I I don't feel confident, on days when I'm feeling really sad or where I feel like I'm not ready to keep going and they say, I don't know how you do it. I, I don't know what to say. And it stumps me because I don't know the answer. I don't know how I do it either. So on today's episode, I took a deep dive to try to figure out, well, how do I do this? I told you guys this in a previous episode, I am as a type as a type can get. You know, I'm so anal about everything. I am such a control freak. Um, I'm, I need everything to be set in such a way that it's pretty annoying. I mean, I'm, I, I sometimes think about it in my own head and like, this is annoying. You know, I am anal to the point where like the volume on my TV needs to be at a, an even number or in my car or like even on my phone i like count the number of like dots that are on my volume like toggle or whatever and it's completely psychotic and i recognize that i do this but i just like things a certain way you know i always have and it just it's these little things that like i need to do these little things to keep things in control like how i answer emails how i write how i respond to text the way that i sign off on things like it's just it's all done in a certain way. And, and I said this before, I am an A-type person because everything I've accomplished in my life is because I am this way. I'm extremely anal and OCD and I have intense amounts of structure. I am a planner. I am a super organized person. I like tracking things. I love checklists. I make lists and then I make a list of the things that I've made lists of and then I check things off. And I know it's crazy, but I love doing it. Yeah, I'm so obsessed with getting things done that sometimes I'll put off shit that actually matters and just do things that 
you know, I know that I can get done quickly just so I can feel like, okay, well, at least I did it, you know? Like, I'll put up something that matters. I won't pack for a trip last minute because I'll be organizing my linen closet or like my makeup drawer, you know? And I do this because when things feel out of control or impossible, I have like another thing to tackle and I'll tackle it and I can do it. And then I can look back and say, well, you know, okay, I didn't do the thing that I was supposed to do, but at least look how nice my spice cabinet is. Like everything is organized and beautiful. In those moments when I don't feel great about myself i can look at something and say but look how nice this is so i'm not a complete failure and i mean it's sad that i need to have you know a color-coded closet to remind myself that because i have a beautiful life but this is just like how i deal with my control issues and my anxiety and and all the issues that i have my ocd so when cancer came into my life it just it threw everything for a loop you know it fucked up everything it took all of the control i had out of my life and for the first time, nothing else mattered. You know, not the volume on my TV, not the color order of my clothes, not my emails, not anything. Nothing mattered except for my kid. And that's because cancer just doesn't let you put sh shit off and focus on something else just to make you feel better. Like, I couldn't just, you know, go and clean up my makeup drawer because I was trying to put off some other task. You know, it takes away your ability to say, I'll put that off, let me go alphabetize VODs video game collection you know cancer takes away your ability to think ahead it takes away your ability to plan it takes away your ability to procrastinate it takes away your ability to dream it takes away your safety net and you can just no longer dream about things like your kid's graduation or your big family trip or when they'll get married or anything disney world or broadway or anything like that you know, I would no longer be able to think about our first big family trip that I had dreamed up in my head, that we would take our sons to Florence, Italy with us. And that's something that I had told Fahad I wanted to do when we have kids. And I told him that, I think, when we went to Italy on our first anniversary trip. Florence was my absolute favorite. It's still one of my most favorite places. I don't even think I could think about my future anniversaries with Fahad. You know, not that I don't want to be married to him, it's just that... You just don't. You don't think about anything in life as permanent anymore. Everything becomes very fragile. Everything was fleeting. And it all feels like in a moment's notice that everything that's in front of you could just be blown away like dust. That can be a very broken feeling. It can be heartbreaking and awful. It can be so uncomfortable. But a lot of times in those moments when I felt sad and so dark, I remember that all those things, my husband, my home, the good times we'd have on these future trips, those things that I dream up of smiles and hugs and kisses and the warmth of each other's embrace at these various accomplishments. I mean, yeah, those accomplishments are great, but the things that I'm really excited about are what, like seeing my kids smile or seeing my husband, you know, joke with my sons or having each other to love and to hug and hold. All those things were very real right now. You know, they were in front of me. And they don't need to happen in Florence, Italy, and they don't need to happen at a future graduation. They're happening right now. You know, this isn't a dream. And sure, it's not right now the dream that I've dreamt of, but it's certainly not a nightmare. You know, my son is here and he is sick, but he's here. And I don't know what the future holds. 
but why should I care? You know, as the person that I am, it's so hard sometimes to focus on that and just to be present because cancer can take away your comfort and your ability to dream, but it's actually not uncomfortable. You know, the comforts of the future, those are not even ever guaranteed and nothing in life is. My next breath isn't guaranteed and I actually have no control over it. None of us do. So when someone says to me, I don't know how you do it, I now have an answer. And it's not just, I don't know. (laughs) Being a parent of a child with cancer is actually like the first 12 weeks of pregnancy. It's exactly like that. You're excited and you're terrified. When your doctor lets you hear a heartbeat and sometimes even see a little dot on a fuzzy ultrasound screen, you're so happy that you want to scream it out into the world. You want to just shut up to the rooftops and just say to everybody, Hey world, I have a human growing inside of me. But then you hear your gyno's voice. You hear her saying, everything looks good, but you know, the 12 week appointment will confirm how things are going. And remember that the chances of miscarriage are anywhere between 15 to 25%. And everything looks fine, but you know, there's no way to tell. So you just never know. It's better to be safe than sorry. And that just rings in your head all the time. You just never know. You just never know. You just never know. So you just heed on the side of caution because you know the statistics, you know the science, you know the percentages, you know that even on your best day, your chances of getting pregnant are somewhere between 25 to 30%. Can you believe that shit? When my doctor told me that, I was like, excuse me, your math is wrong, lady. But every time you think you want to tell someone, when you want to explain to the strangers watching you puke on the subway platform, I'm pregnant, I promise, I'm not just hungover or drunk on this Tuesday morning. You hear your doctor telling you how rare it is that this even happened. The whole thing is incredible and insane. You know the science. You know how it happened. You know what you did last summer. But you still can't believe that this complete miracle is living inside of your body. You want to celebrate it. And you can't because you're so scared that as soon as you start to enjoy it, it will go away. That miracle of life that has found a home in your body, it will just disappear. That this event that had less than 30% chance of even happening could fall into that 25% chance of completely falling apart. But really, when you think about that small percentage every single month, when you think about it and it's so rare and it seems so special, and then you remember that there are 7.6 billion people in the world, technically 7.6 billion miracles in the world, 7.6 billion people who had less than 25 to 30% chance of existing on the best day. You know, you really start to believe that miracles are real, that anything can happen, that the fact that in this moment of time, even though you have this fear of losing it, that this miracle still is there. It's here. It exists. Even if it's momentary, it's incredible. You know, sure, there's some precaution like don't smoke crack and don't binge drink. But there's no amount of prenatals that you can take or water that you can drink to make sure that this miracle doesn't go away. It's fully not under your control. You had 25 to 30% chance of getting pregnant and then it happened. And now you have potentially a 25% chance of losing it. And it's just a very tense and crazy time and there's nothing that you can do to prevent it. But what do you do, you know, as a mom, that has gone through this twice and any parent that's listening and even dads who've gone through this with their partners, I mean, you just embrace it. 
you embrace that it's there. We found out we were pregnant with Aiden very, very early. We were going to Greece for our second anniversary trip and we were, I had actually realized that my passport was expired the week of our flight. So we were at a Walgreens getting my passport picture taken and, um, you know, we were like waiting or whatever. And I went into the pregnancy aisle and I was like, let me just get one of these. And I went home and I just peed on it and I wasn't expecting anything cause it was very early. Like I wasn't late or anything and it turned blue and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> this can't be real and it was and then like five days later the day of our trip the morning of our trip I stole nothing it happened so I peed on it again and this one was even brighter blue positive than the last one and I just freaked out and I was so excited and it was just something that me and Fahad knew and I was literally like exactly four weeks pregnant and there were so many things that in my mind, I was thinking like, this could go wrong, you know, like just this flight alone. I don't know. Does like a seven hour flight, like make your pregnancy go away. I don't know. And we were, we had all these things planned. We, we took a yacht trip to like, um, uh, a hot spring and then we were supposed to swim in it. And I was like, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but then it was like, I can't tell anyone. Cause I'm afraid that if I say it out loud, like it won't, you know, it won't be real anymore. And there's all these things that I kept doing, like I kept Googling things to make sure that like this would stick, you know, but there's really no control over it. And we were going to Greece, the world of feta cheese, which they tell you not to eat when you find out that you're pregnant. But I Googled it and I was like, oh, it's super pasteurized in Greece. So I ate a lot of feta cheese. But, you know, it was just like a very tense, but like amazing time. It was like the special little secret between me and Fahad and we just loved it. And I realized in that moment that even though I have no control over it and there's such a high chance that something could just make it go away, it wouldn't take away the fact that we had this really special trip. It wouldn't take away the fact that, you know, it was me and my husband and this little seed in my belly. And it was just, it would have just been special either way. And it's even more special now because, you know, we made it and Aiden's born and he's alive and it's, fun to be like Aiden's first trip was actually to Greece but you know it was it's just because you're scared that this not this isn't gonna stick it doesn't mean that it wasn't special in that moment you know even though you're scared of it all you just embrace the fact that it's happening you soak it up for yourself you know you and your partner you stroke your belly every night and you fall asleep knowing that even though there's no way for you to stay in this moment forever you're just so grateful that you have this moment you're so grateful that you've been given the opportunity to have this miracle even if it's just temporary because at the end of the day it's not about 25 percent chance of a miracle or 25 percent chance of a loss it's about 100 percent or zero percent neither of which are in your control all you can do is just be grateful for the moment that is in front of you and just be grateful that even if it was temporary you were able to feel something so special and a love and a connection that is so deep something that cannot be replaced but what a feeling to think back to it you know when your child has cancer there's no way to guarantee that he's going to make it you just have percentages and prognosis but it's all just 100% or 0%. Everything in front of you is temporary and everything, it is really fleeting. But it's a miracle that you still felt. 
You know, it's a miracle that we found Aiden's tumor when we did. It's a miracle that he survived his brain surgery. It's a miracle that we're now at the end of his chemo protocol. All of it is incredible. All of it is, all of it just makes you feel so hopeful and so excited. And everything that, you know, we get excited about, it's like we've trained ourselves to say, well, don't enjoy it. Don't love it. Don't, you know, don't don't get attached to it because it is temporary but i don't think that the purpose of us not i don't think the point is for us to not get attached to it because it's temporary the point is that you're supposed to embrace it and just love it and be in the moment for it even though it is temporary you know you somehow we somehow made it past that six week mark in greece and we made it past the 12 week mark and then we made it past childbirth and i you know somehow he began walking and talking and eating and then not eating and then being picky about eating and now he'll only eat what he wants and if it's pizza for breakfast then I guess that's what we're doing but you know somehow we got through it all and he's here and he made it through brain surgery and he made it through chemo so next time someone says to me I don't know how you do this I'm just gonna tell them I do this just by being appreciative of the moment I'm in for just being grateful that the universe chose me to have the moments that I've had and to experience the joy and happiness and warmth that I've experienced. And it's true. Time is fleeting and nothing is permanent. It's never been, it's never meant to be. We're not supposed to live our lives planning for the next time we'll be happy again or relax again or travel. We're supposed to find happiness and peace and calm and relaxation in the moments that we are in. In the words of my pal Samia, don't cash a check that's dated for tomorrow or something like that. She's from the South, so I'm going to assume that she knows that phrase better than I do. Your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life longing itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in a house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you, for life goes not backwards, not tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children as living arrows are sent forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of infinite, and he bends you with his might, that his arrow may go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness, for even as he loves the arrow that flies, so he loves also the bow that is stable. That is a poem by Khalil Gibran called On Children. And so as it says, I am a bow from which my children as living arrows are sent forth. I'm not the archer. I am the bow and I am not the arrow. And I'm so lucky that the archer chose me to be that arrow's bow, you know, but where that arrow goes, the path it takes, where it falls, where it soars, when it hits its mark, those aren't under my control. All I can do is love them. And all I can do is bask in being Aiden's bow. And I will let the archer, whoever you believe it is, handle the rest. As always, thank you so much for listening. Again, I apologize for the delay, but we are a little occupado these days. Um, As always, if you want to talk more, I'm at Cancer Mom Podcast on Facebook, and I'm at Cancer Mom Noor on Instagram and Twitter. 
Always remember to never give up and fuck cancer. Bye, guys.